Welcome to the Bethel Podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend time in God's Word. We hope that today's message blesses you and lifts you. God is just. People ask the question, what? what about people who've never heard the gospel? What will happen to them? Are they automatically condemned? What will happen to them? That's not really fair. But one thing you can rest assured is, friend, is that God is just. He is gracious and kind. He'll make sure somehow, some way, that people have an opportunity to know Jesus. He may send a missionary. He may send a family. He may send it over the airways. But you can rest assured, every person at the end of time will have the opportunity to hear the story about Jesus. So the question is, why did he kill the the fig tree? First of all, because he can. Because he's God. And God can do whatever he wants to do. Does that make you nervous that God can do anything he wants to do? Does it make you nervous that God can save the souls of men to the uttermost? Does it make you nervous that God, if he has to, he can make an arm grow back from nothing? Does it make you nervous that he can save people who are bound by all types of of problems in their life? God is a God who can do whatever he wants to do, and sometimes he'll do do it just to show us that he can. That's good news. Don't worry about that. God's power extends over nature as well. He controls the winds. He controls the waves. He controls the fire. He controls the trees. He controls nature because he created it all. Sometimes we can't grasp how powerful God is. But my friend, let me tell you something. He is a God that is so powerful that there is nothing that he cannot do. Even the winds, the Bible says there was a time and it was amazing to the disciples that they'd gotten in a boat to go across the the lake. And when they got in the middle of the lake, the Bible says that Jesus being asleep in the back of the boat, the winds and waves begin to come to a point that the disciples thought they were going to tump over, they were going to sink. And they woke Jesus up and asked him, aren't you worried that we're about to perish? How can you sleep when this storm is happening, these waves, don't you hear all this going on? And Jesus didn't have to go and do a whole host of things. He didn't have to call the weatherman. He didn't have to get on the weather channel. He just spoke the word, and just like that, those waves and that hurricane-like force winds all of a sudden became a standstill. Why is that? Because he can do what he wants to do. He's God. People have all kinds of questions about why does God do this and why does God do that. Many times the only answer I can come up with is because he's God. Don't ever worry if you think that things are getting out of control. I promise you this, if God needs to calm a storm with with his word, he'll do it. If God needs to heal a body with his word, he'll do it. If God needs to touch families in an instant, he'll do it because he's God and he can do whatever he wants to do, even if it extends to nature as well. Why did Jesus kill the fig tree? Because he can. Secondly, to prove a point. How many parents in the house? You ever done something crazy to prove a point? You ever acted out of character just to prove a point? Some of you are proving a point right now, aren't you? Things change when Jesus shows up. Things begin to happen when Jesus just all of a sudden steps onto the scene. You go from the beginning of of Matthew to the end of the life of Jesus. Every time somebody came into contact with Jesus, something happened. 
There's times they walked away, but something happened. There's times that they begin to walk, but something happened. There's times the blinded eyes were open, but something happened. Every time people come in contact with Jesus, something wonderful happens. The good news is that when Sri Lanka and the area around there come in contact with Jesus, something marvelous is going to happen. When the people in the Jacksonville comes in contact with Jesus, something wonderful is going to happen. Don't you ever think if Jesus gets in your family, if Jesus gets in your home, I don't know what he's going to do, but I promise you this, something incredible will happen. You st- said this illustration many times, you take your finger and you stick it in that light socket over there. I don't encourage you to do that, but if you did, something's going to happen. When you come in contact with power, Something's going to happen. The proof, the proof, the point that Jesus was trying to prove was to the disciples. He was trying to show them that they didn't understand why he would cause that to move, but why that caused that to die. But it was more important that he proved his point than somebody ate fruit off of it. He had to prove a point that there was power when you pray in the name of Jesus. He had to show them there's something about it when you begin to call upon God and you have this little wonderful tool called faith. Faith is simply just believing that God will do what he said he's going to do. And he had to show me. I said, look, i got to show you that if you believe that even if it's a mountain, even if it's something as so big as a mountain right here that you can have faith in that mountain will be, have to removed and be cast into the sea because you believe that God said that you can do it. Friend, sometimes God wants to prove a point and he'll move a mountain just to do it. Nobody in my family... Preachers. My uncle did a genealogy tree. He went back as far as he could grow. You know that genealogy.com or what's it called? Mypast.com? That one too. He said, for, he said, as far back as I could go was to the 1600s. He said, and all the people in our bunch, they're businessmen or teachers, or they were, I mean, there was a few politicians scattered in there. There weren't any preachers. He said, but back around the 15, late 1500s, he said, there was a few Lutheran preachers. But outside of that, there's really not. And so here I come along, and I'm a tennis bum. I just like ball. That's just, I mean, I just like ball. That's what I like to do. And I really don't have a whole lot of preacher stuff in my past or ministry stuff in my past. And sometimes God will say, I need to prove a point. Just because I can, I'm going to take you and put you in the ministry. See, the thing is, is God will do whatever he wants to do. Because even then, you ha- when, when you see God do something wonderful, it makes you want to praise him. Even when you see do something, God, that's beyond description, it makes you want to praise him. Even when you see God send a shrapnel of a piece of a hammer, and it gets so close to a man's heart, just that third, that distance would have taken his life. But God says, look, I'll just show you what I can do, even when you don't think I can do it, because I'm God. Because i got a point to prove. God's got a point to prove before Jesus comes back, and that is that Jesus is the Son of God. He's got a point to prove. He's, he's got a mission that he's trying to reach people with the gospel. He's going around this world. He gives you and I the opportunity to be a part of it. But don't be upset when God proves a point because it's usually a pretty good point. We always talk about God's will for our lives. And we're always afraid. I have a friend. He's a young man. He's 18 years old, and his mother asked him. She said, if you ask God what, do you, you know, what he has for you next year, he said, no, I hadn't. And she said, why not? He said, because I probably won't like the answer he's going to give me. 
Now, if you've ever been 18, you know there's so many different options that there are out there, so many different roads that you can go. You understand that that's probably a, a very nervous thing to do is to ask God what to do. But the good news is that God's will is always the best will. God's way is always the best way. God's plans are always the best plans. God's points are always the best point. Don't ever think that God's not working something out in your life, even when you don't think he is. Even when you think he's nowhere to be found, God's got a purpose and God's got a plan. And if we'll let him, he'll work it out. I love that part about knowing about God. Doesn't it make you rest easier at night, knowing God's got a plan? Doesn't it make you rest easier with your children when they're not with you? Maybe they've gone away that, that God's got a purpose and a plan. Does it make you just think that have joy and peace in your heart knowing that God's on the scene working things out in our hearts and our lives? That's the reason to give the Lord just a hand clap of praise. Thank you, God, that you got a point and you're on the job. God's on the job. So Jesus came to the fig tree, and he had to prove a point, and that was that I have power over nature. He did it because he could do it, just to show the disciples that if I have something that needs to be done, I can get it done. And lastly, he had to remind us something else. It was a reminder. How many parents have ever had to say the same thing more than once to your children? Why you got your hands up? How many have ever had to say the same thing twice? Do I? Oh, how many have ever had to, to say the same thing twice to your children to remind them? How many have lost count of how many times you've had to tell your children to do something? Remember, father's a parent, isn't he? And he'll say something over and over again to get his point across. And I'm, I appreciate the fact that he does that because sometimes even when we were kids, we didn't get it the first time either. And so thirdly, he reminds us to keep producing. That the sure my job is to produce fruit while we're here. And the tree that doesn't produce fruit has not become valuable anymore. And God's always called us, and as long as we're in this body and have breath in our bodies, you've always been designed to produce fruit for the kingdom of God. That's why you're so valuable to the kingdom of God. And people that are, are, are in, in, involved in the things of God, because the thing is, is, is when you're involved in the things of God, you're producing for the Lord. You can grow a company, biggest company in the world, and I'm convinced of this, it won't do for you what you get by just saying a simple prayer for somebody in Sri Lanka. You can have a, a boatload of children, have a great family, wonderful family. It's a wonderful feeling to have a family, but there's something, something wonderful, not just about having a great family, but even taking the trash out in God's house. There's something about doing the work of God that just, it does something for you because the thing is, you're a part of something bigger than what you are. You're a part of something that's not just going to last for this day or to the end of, of your life. It's going to last for eternity. The things we do for God last forever. That's the beauty of it. Can you imagine when you get to heaven, all the people that will come up to you that you will have no idea who they were. They'll come up to you and you'll have that look on your face like, who is that? I know I should know them, but don't know who that is. And they're going to come up to you and they're going to thank you for something that you said, something that you did, something that you gave, something that you prayed. They'll be so excited because of your, your, your investment in the kingdom of God. They're in heaven today. You're going to walk up to people. They're going to get a list when you get to heaven. There's going to be names on there of people that you don't even recognize. And Jesus is going to say, look, you need to go to each one of these people and thank them for the impact they had on your life. And we're going to be, Jesus, I don't know who these people are. 
And Jesus is going to say, I promise you this, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I used this person and put them over here and made this happen and caused this to take place. And that was the person that caused the person to come to you and lead you to Christ. How wonderful it will be when we get to heaven. And all the fruit that we've borne and all the things we've done for the kingdom of God will last forever and ever. And I, I wonder if I tell God, Lord, when I, I got a plaque on my wall that I was the best salesman. Nothing wrong with being a salesman. If you're going to be one, be the best one. But I wonder if some of the things that plaques that we have today may not carry a whole lot of value when we get over there. But I believe this. When you came to church today and you prayed for Sri Lanka, I wonder if there'll be a sea of people when you get there who will say, you remember that day you prayed for me? God took your prayer, and he took the neighbor next to you prayer, and the church over here's prayer, and the generations of prayer. He put that all into a cup. And one day, God answered those prayers, and he sent somebody to me who told me about Jesus. And because of your prayer and their obedience to God, I'm here today. Makes you want to go right now, doesn't it? Makes you want to get there right now just to see all the people that have been blessed by you and that have been blessed you. My mother is 80 years old. She lost her husband of 55 years about four months ago. And if I've, I've talked quite a bit about it, it's just that the more I think about her, um, the more I worry about her, but the more I, I, I think about the life that, um, that she's lived. And she's told me this. You know, she said, uh, she said I, I wonder why the Lord took your daddy first, left me here. She said, I don't, sometimes I don't feel like I do very much for God. She said, but one thing I know I do is I pray for my sister. She has a sister who's older than her, doesn't know the Lord, and almost, almost anti-God. But my mom says, I just pray for her every day, and I know that the Lord has me here to pray for her, at least to pray for her, because I want to see her, and he wants to see her in heaven one day. It don't matter what stage of life you're in. It don't matter how much input you put into this thing. Can I tell you, God just wants us to produce some fruit, some fruit for the kingdom of God. And something about when you live the life of faith. See, the thing is, is I like me a whole lot better. I was telling Miss Leanne this yesterday. I like me a whole lot better when I'm full of faith. But when I get cynical and I get kind of negative and, and I just kind of really don't think God can do what he thinks he's going to do, I don't like me. If the truth be told, she don't like me when I'm like that either. There's just one pitfall about the tree. is that sometimes we have to be leery of growing cynical about the things of God. That person ain't ever going to come to God. Why am, I, why am I praying for them? That person, God can't reach 99% of a nation that doesn't know him. He can't do that. I mean, that's generations and years of false religions. How can God ever do that? You know what, I just don't think that, you know, if I give that God will do anything with it. I don't think there's going to be anybody in heaven that's going to seek me out. My friend, the biggest um, kryptonite of faith is doubt. And if you and I would be honest, there's days where we've got to be careful that we don't become doubt-filled, but we let the Bible, the Word of God, make us faith-filled. If he said he can do it, If he said he can do it, if he said go into all the world, preach the gospel, then he's going to, we're going to do it. 
If he said that all this, this promise shall be to you and to all your household, if you don't think he can win that lost one that is away from God, he can do it. If you don't think if I give, God will somehow take that and reach people with the gospel, I, pr- I promise you, he can do it. Don't ever get to the place where you think he can't do it. I've been to pray up there, pray, and had them lay hands on me for multiple times, but God hadn't healed me yet. Can I tell you, don't doubt, because he can still do it. If you don't think God can set people free, he can do it. If you don't think God can reach the world, he can do it. If you don't think that God can deliver us from addictions or the vices of life, he can do it. He just needs somebody to believe, to still believe that he can do it. Do your believer today. He can do it, can he? Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it challenges you to dig deeper into the Word of God and grows your faith. If you would like to reach out to us, please visit our website at www.mybethel.net. Thank you.